right. Powerful in it, his story of the, really the power of grace and, and the power of habits as well. And we're going to be talking about both today. I'm going to be talking about those two. I'm just not that cool. So, so if I tried to be, it wouldn't work. So we're not going to try. Um, I'm just going to be me. All right. And, uh, and I'm, and you be you. And uh, in fact, we're really glad that you are here and you don't have to act like somebody you're not here. We're come as you are church. So whether you're cool like he is or not cool like I am, whether you're good at being good or bad at being good or whatever, uh, whether you believe or you don't know if you believe or doubt, whatever, uh, we're all on a journey together and, uh, and we're really glad that you're here, uh, whether you've been here a long time or this is your first time. And, and, uh, and I want to welcome everybody at our legacy campus, but also our other campuses. So uh, Woodbridge and Sloan Creek and in Espanol and, and Richardson as well as everybody online right now. Um, today, we are continuing the series we've been in uh, just a few weeks called Future Quest. And what Future Quest is about is this reality that you and I are, our, our life is leading somewhere. And you and I are, whether we realize it or not, creating our tomorrow, what tomorrow is going to be like for us in terms of our character, our impact, our relationships, all that. We're creating our tomorrow today, whether we know it or not, with the decisions we're making, with the uh, choices, with the uh, directions we're taking, with the people we hang out with, with the commitments we make or keep or not keep or steps we take or don't take. All those are leading somewhere. Uh, and we're either unintentional or intentional. And this series is an opportunity to just stop and say, hey, let me be intentional about where this is going. Let me just take a, a reality check a little bit. And uh, in, in light of the opportunity that God gives us, we talked about the first week, that God actually has thought about your future. Um, he, not, he didn't just create you. He created you with a future in mind, a preferred future in mind, a vision in mind. We talked about that first week. And yet how he invites us to join him in creating that, that he has his part and yet he invites us to our part. There are, we have some responsibility. There are some steps to take. And this series is about those steps toward God's preferred future for our life. And, and really what we want as well, because that's what we're created for. And so today we're going to be looking at another big principle that helps us do that. And today we're talking about the power of little steps. The power of habits that form the future us. Because I think it's really easy, um, I'm this personality at least, maybe you are too, to think like in big steps. So when we think about God's preferred future for our life, when we think about vision, God's vision, or even if you're not a Jesus follower, your vision for your life, it's easy to think, okay, I'm here, it's over there, and so if I'm going to get from here to there, it's really about a one big giant leap. Or maybe a few really big decisions or big moments or Something like that, big faith steps maybe, or, or just some big dramatic time in life, and that's how we get from here to there. And that is partially true, that is part of the journey, but the reality is this, that getting to our preferred future isn't mostly about taking big giant steps occasionally, but much more about taking small steps consistently over time. That it's not so much about the big things as it is about the small patterns, the, the small daily regular habits that we have that create our future. Sean Covey is an author who says it this way. Our habits will make or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. 
Now, that's our big idea today. If you if somebody asks you later, hey, what did they talk about at Chase Oaks um, today? You know, that's this is what we talked about. We become what we repeatedly do. Not that we become what we repeatedly resolve or hope or intend, uh, which is good to think about this time of year because it's New Year's. Today's Chinese New Year. And as we think about a new year, it's great to have resolutions. It's great to have visions. It's great to say, man, I really want to do this this year. I'm all for New Year's resolutions. I think they're great. Some of you have a big goal that you've set. Some of you have a like a word for the year. Um, somebody shared with me that that his his wife's goal, his, his wife's word for the year was the word give, like generosity, give. So I said, well, that means mine has to be earn. So I was like, okay, that works. That's a good team. Um, but, you know, so some of you have a word for the day or have a big goal. You have a resolution. And I'm all, I think they're great. They help us be more intentional. But we all also know their resolutions by themselves aren't going to cut it. They're great, but they're by themselves. They're not going to get us anywhere, which is why um, 88%, one study I saw, 88% of all New Year's resolutions die by Valentine's Day. Not because people didn't mean it. It just got it just by itself. A resolution's not going to cut it. I see that at the gym. Um, I go to a little gym regularly and uh, and I just forgot what it was like the first couple of weeks of January at the gym. And I got a, I got frustrated because I was ha- it was crowded. I was having to wait in line for my you know the machines that I use and the stuff that I like to do in my circuit. I'm not very patient. I don't like to be there anyway. And then and so I'm like, you know, I, I've got to I've got to get a new gym. I mean, I was like, I've got a Chad who owns it. I really like him, but I've just got to break it to him. I mean, I'm glad you're doing well, but I, I got to find something else. And then it just dawned on me. Wait a minute. It's the first week of January. Chill out. It's going to be fine. And sure enough, this past week, empty. Just which is the way I like it. It's just perfect. So I was able to get to everything I wanted to get to. That's that's resolution. Same thing with like visions, not just of individual visions like resolutions, but also organizations like a church or your wherever you work at your company, your school, right? That that hopefully your organization has a clear vision and it's compelling. And that's really, really important. I mean, I, I if you know me, I care a lot about vision, but I've learned a long time ago that vision without good systems that people actually implement on a regular basis goes nowhere. It just becomes a something you paint on a wall somewhere that doesn't actually live itself out. That resolutions without disciplines, without habits, visions without systems that people repeatedly do don't really go anywhere. If you show me a person who, let's say, in the spiritual realm, since this is church, so we'll get spiritual. Um, let's say um, they're a vibe. They just have a vibrant relationship with God, and they're the kind of per- like it's contagiously. They're just contagiously joyful, loving, wonderful, deep, solid, reliable, wonderful people. The, the kind of people we all want to be. And if you show me a person that has a relationship with God like that, that's reflected in love and character and so on. You're showing me somebody who didn't get there just with a good intention or in one big leap. You're showing me somebody who has had a, has had certain patterns in their life over time 
that we would call, I would call disciplines, certain disciplines that have just become regular habits for them. And God has met them in those steps and those small steps, those disciplines and helped them grow over time. So in the spiritual realm, you know, they're, they, they're a person who's probably spent time with God talking and prayer and, and reading the Bible and applying it to their life. They probably have come to lots of church services and heard God's word and applied that to their life. They've served and allowed God to grow them that way. They've, they've been in groups with other people who are also growing and, and that's just the way they live. And, and, and that's why they accomplish what they accomplish or become who they become because it's not about intentions. It's not about big steps. It's about little habits, even more so. And today that's what we're talking about. And I think, I think most of us, you know, when you hear that, you think, yeah, that's true, but it's also hard. It's also kind of, it'd be easier, right? If it's just one big leap, just sign up to right now and go in the lobby and boom, like, yeah, I'll take that. But the little habits take discipline and I know some of you are just super disciplined. And so for you, you're like, I love this kind of thing because I'm so disciplined. And I th- that's great for you. I don't like you right now, but that's great. But for the rest of us that struggle a little bit with discipline, who would say, you know, what? I'd love to do better. I, I, I know there's some areas in life that, that I'd love to do better. I'd love to be more disciplined in, in, physically, in my physical life or how I take care of myself or my spiritual life or my relationships, my marriage, my dating life, my family life, my career, my knowledge, you know, learning and all. There's some disciplines that I really, if, if, if you would like to do better, then today's going to be a good day for you because God wants to help us do better. And, and we're going to look at a passage in the Bible that has this principle I'll call the principle of the harvest that really helps us. And it helps us know how to make this work for us and also kind of why it doesn't so we can push through it. So let's look at the passage together. It's in, in the New Testament in this book, Uh, named Galatians, written to a church in that area from by Paul. And Paul says this, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked, meaning you're going to think this doesn't work, but this works every time this principle. And here's the principle, what I call the principle of the harvest. A man reaps what he sows. Now, we don't talk that way anymore. Reap and sow. I kind of think of this as the grandmother version of the Bible because my, I, heard, I first heard that phrase from my grandmother when I was a little kid who was very religious, and I didn't know what she meant. Like she said, you'll reap what you sow. And I, 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 don't, I don't know what it means to reap, and I don't plan to sow any clothes or anything. So I just remember thinking, I don't know what that means. But I just know I can tell that I'm doing something bad, and I better stop because I'm about to get in trouble. My, my rear end's going to sow something. I don't know. And uh, so we're going to we're, we're going to change the translation from the grandmother version. OK, so just a man harvests what he plants. OK, that's that's what that means. Whoever plants like plants seeds or whatever makes little decisions, habits, whatever. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Now, when the Bible uses the word flesh, that means our our sinful nature, our sin, that sinful part of ourself, uh, our, that lazy, self-oriented us that's been impacted by sin. God created us perfect. We're not perfect because of sin. And it's that imperfect, sinful, lazy, self-oriented part of us. And so he's saying if we sow to please, if we plant seeds, have habits just to please the flesh, do what we want, um, that, you know, just easy, we'll reap destruction. That's not going to go very well. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, talking about God, the Holy Spirit, when you and I begin a relationship with God through faith in what Jesus did on the cross and rising from the dead, we accept his forgiveness, his presence into our life. The Holy Spirit is the one who is present in our life to grow us. 
So sowing seeds to please him is doing good habits, doing these disciplines where the Holy Spirit meets us in those disciplines and grows us. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Now, eternal life, when the Bible says that, we think, oh, I, I know what that is, teacher. Tell me, you know, call on me. It means going to heaven after you die. And that'd be wrong. It is about that. But eternal life in the Bible is about the whole thing. It begins the, the moment you begin a relationship with God. That starts eternal life. It, it's God restoring to life what sin has ruined and, and what this world messes up and this broken world. He's restoring life to where, where he meant it to be. What we talked about last week. The Greek word was makarios, if you remember that, a life of fulfillment and joy and happiness and blessing and so on. If we sow good seeds, that's where it's headed. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So a couple of really important realities to understand about the principle of the harvest that are going to help us do better in this area of life. And the first one is this, is the reality that you will harvest what you plant. Like if you plant, and this is a little test, you can answer. If we plant, if you plant watermelon seeds, you're going to get watermelons way better than Friday night already. You're you're doing it. If you plant uh, rutabaga seeds, you're going to get rutabagas. I don't think anybody even knows what that is, rutabagas. I don't know what that is. I've never seen one. Um, Well, I have one person at 915 service that had eaten one. So they must not be a very good. But anyway, whatever you plant, right, that's what you're going to. That's what's going to come up in your life, right? So kind of if you plant good seeds, good habits, he's not, this isn't about farming, right? It's about life. If we plant good seeds in our life, good decisions, good choices, good regular patterns, routines, that's going to eventually come out well for us. If we plant bad seeds, bad habits, all that, that's going to eventually spring up and it's not going to be good. You're going to, you're going to harvest whatever you plant. So don't get mad at God if things aren't working well in, in your life. If you've been sowing a lot of bad seeds, that's not him. That's the law of the harvest. Right. And so that's just always going to work. But here's the one of the difficulties that we have to push through if we're going to get better, that you will harvest what you plant. But here's the hard part. Good habits, good seeds take discipline. Bad habits don't take any discipline. That's why they don't have schools for kids called schools of bad habits to teach kids bad habits. Right. You don't have to teach kids bad habits. We have to teach anybody bad habits. Bad habits are that's just natural. It's like weeds. Good habits, however, take discipline because they're not natural. We have to do something unnatural until we make it our new normal. That's why Paul says uh, earlier, we read it. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Sowing to the flesh just means doing what our sinful, lazy self wants to do. And that's not hard. Like I said, that's like growing weeds in a garden. You don't have to think about it. It's just going to happen. That's, that's easy. What's not so easy, what takes discipline, is to say, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to obey what Jesus says, his better way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add this good discipline in my life in the place of this bad habit, and he's going to grow me in that. That takes discipline. No discipline, just a you know, just do what comes natural, right? I mean, think about, you can think about that in any area of life. Um, I mean, diet is always an easy one to pick on. So let's pick on that. Uh, it's not hard to eat unhealthy, right? You know, my, you know, you, nobody's got a resolution. I, I just need to eat less healthy. 
this year, right? Because that's, you wouldn't even have to resolve it. That's easy. Like for me, I mean, right now there's all these diets and some of you are getting on these diets and, and I've been on probably all of them. Um, and so you've got, you know, keto is big right now or paleo, paleo and, uh, um, you know, who knows what's going to be next year. Maybe it's an all carbohydrate diet next year. You know, that'd be fun. But for me, if there was this diet, this would be natural for me. Just the chicken wing slash chocolate cake slash chick slash Chick-fil-A diet. That'd be awesome. Like I would write a book about it, sign up for it. If it worked, make a lot of money, um, you know, trying to do that or try to make a lot of money doing that. In fact, you could just boil it down to chicken wings. If that was it, if there was a chicken wing diet, I'm in. Like I, that would be fine for me. In fact, here's uh, my youngest son, Caleb, and I earlier this year uh, eating some wings. So you can go ahead and put it on the big screen. And, uh, and hey, we we're just getting started. So we're like, did they eat all those? Oh, yeah. But um, some of you are like gross, but it's really awesome. And, uh, and it's just kind of our thing, right? So, so Caleb has made another decision, though. So he, he's now a vegetarian, which is a very disciplined choice. And the reason he's a vegetarian is not for diet reasons, but for environmental sustainability reasons. And they're really good reasons. Um, I mean, one of the first things we're asked to do as human beings is take care of our planet. So taking care of our planet is not like a political thing. That's a biblical thing. That's something God asks us to do, and that's important. So I'm proud of him for making that decision. Um, And yeah, we we should. uh, That's our issue, right? Or should be. Um, so I'm proud of him for making that decision. Obviously not proud enough to also become a vegetarian, but hey, at least I've got a son who's doing the right thing. So, um, and you probably don't. So there. Um, but with Caleb, he's a, I, I would call a, uh, a flexible vegetarian in two ways. So if you invite Caleb over for dinner, he doesn't want to be that guy that's like, well, I'm sorry, I'm a vegetarian. So he's going to eat whatever's, you know, so you invite him over, he's going to eat what you have because he doesn't want to be a pain in the rear. So I'd call him a politetarian maybe. Uh, the other thing is, the other cheat that he has is chicken wings with dad. And so, because that's our thing, right? So, so if there was a chicken wing diet all in, but there's not one because it's a bad habit that doesn't work out so well if that's all you ate, right? That would be, that would be a problem. Eating healthy is an obvious thing, right? Like, like eating like my wife um, eats. My wife eats super healthy. Um, and she makes me eat healthier than I would normally. And, uh, and she eats the stuff that I call garnish. You know, when you go to a steak restaurant, and you have steak and potato, and then they put that green stuff over there, and it, it's garnish, right? You're not really supposed to eat it. It just makes you feel better about eating what you're... And, uh, but that's what she eats. And, and my deal is, hunt, think about it, God colored, like God let us know, he color-coded this, he wouldn't have wanted us to eat that and then turn it green. Like, you know, does that make sense, right? I mean, green is, anyway, but that's what she eats, right? She eats the green and all that, and she makes me eat more that way. But that takes, even for her, that takes discipline, right? We're not, not, not naturally going to do the other, and that's the way, that you take that any area of life, your relationships, your career, your growth and knowledge, your Ministry, impact in this world, spiritual life takes discipline. It's not natural to sow seeds to the spirit. And that's why Paul in 1 Corinthians 9 uses this analogy of athletes. That all athletes are disciplined in their training. Good ones. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So Paul says, I run with purpose in every step. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. If you think of really good athletes, like 
Michael Jordan in basketball. In fact, this week, uh, just YouTube this. Like, you do a YouTube search on Michael Jordan plus practice. And you'll get some cool videos. You'll hear Michael talking about his practice regimen, but even more importantly, you'll hear his teammates talk about it. And what, they'll, and what they talk about is, hey, Michael didn't become Michael. You know, well, I want to be like Mike. He didn't become who he became just because he was so talented. Because there are a lot of talented players in the NBA. In fact, he didn't make his high school team. So, I mean, there, you know, there are lots of talent. It wasn't just because he was talented. Michael became Michael Jordan because of his work ethic, because of his habits, because of his practice habits. His, the, he just outworked everybody. He outdisciplined everybody and became who he became. That's what Paul is saying. I, I want to be that person. Craig Rochelle, who's a pastor up in Oklahoma, uh, says it this way. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. It's hard to argue with that, isn't it? I wish I could. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. I want to be that successful. I want us all to be that. God wants us to be that. And so part of that is about the habits and patterns we choose. So here's what I want us to do. I I want us to begin to think about this at this point in the talk. I want you to begin to think about a, a new a habit that you could either start or maybe strengthen. You say, yeah, I kind of do that, but I really need to do better. I need to be more disciplined. So think of a habit in, in, in any area of life. Don't, don't think 10, just think one. Okay. And here's just to get prime the pump. Here's some examples. Okay. That might make the list. You say, you know, I'm going to begin waking up 30 minutes earlier than normal to be with God and spend time in the Bible and prayer. Now I know some of you are like, Hey, I don't do early. That's okay. Do late. You, you pick. Or 30 minutes. What would I? Okay, do 10 minutes. Or I, It doesn't matter. But you just pick. I'm going to spend a little bit of time with God every day in the Bible and prayer. And if you wonder, what would I actually do? Like I read the Bible. I don't know what to do with it. And that's why we have verticaldevotion.com. And you can look that up. It's on our website too. But that would be a great habit, right? To start to do. Uh, going to church every weekend. You're already doing it. And applying God's word to your life. Hopefully you'll do that. If you do that once... Probably won't make that big a difference, but that's one of those habits. If you do over a period of time, it's going to make a really big difference. Living on a budget takes no discipline to spend money. That's easy. Uh, Managing money takes discipline. Exercising three times a week. It's another one, right? Uh, Journaling what you eat. Some way of countering calories. They've shown that people who just journal what they eat, just record what they're eating and the calorie and all that, eat better than if they don't. So that could be something. Uh, being a faithful part of a small group, that's not natural. That takes discipline to do that. It, it really pay off over time. Uh, having a date night every week. And really, I'm thinking about married couples, but that's kind of mean. Let's do it for single couples too, right? Have a date night every week. Some of you are like, yeah, you give me a girl, a man, I'll do it. But, uh, but having a date night every week, uh, it, it's easy not to do that. At least my personality, it's easy not to do that. And, uh, but it's important to do. Um, so maybe that's one reading one good book a month. I mean, think about that. If you want to grow and learning all that, just that, just one mo- book a month would help. But it's, it, it doesn't take any discipline to watch Netflix. It takes a lot of discipline to read a book. He said like, and I, I love the way comedian Jim Gaffigan talks about it. Cause he's like, Hey, you know, people who say I don't watch TV because I read books. He's like, he wants to tell these people. He's like, have you ever actually watched TV? Cause it's way better. Like, and uh, so, yeah, I, I get that. Eating dinner together as a family with no phones or screens. And yeah, your kids will hate it, but 
Um, think about if you do that over time. Uh, getting eight hours of sleep every night, turning off the TV or whatever, or screen, phone, whatever, and put it in another room. Just whatever you have to do to say, I'm going to get. If you think about it, if you start doing that, all these things are just ideas like to get us thinking. None of these are just are natural. They're all great disciplines. So as you think about, you know, that's one I'd like to do or another one that you didn't list and strengthen that. That's great. Here's the here's the deal. The bad news is that's going to take discipline to turn that new thing into a pattern in your life, into a habit. But here's the good news. The good news is once it becomes once a discipline, new discipline becomes a habit, becomes a routine. It's a whole lot easier to do than at the beginning. Does that make sense. Like Christy eating healthy. At first, it was hard for her. She loves sugar. She's a, like, she loves sweets. She loves sugar and all that kind of stuff. And uh, she hardly ever eats that now. And it's really not nearly as hard now as it was then for her. Um, me going to the gym. It's just kind of what I do. I mean, it's in my calendar. It's in my schedule. My body's used to that. So my body starts to be like, dude, what are you doing if I don't go? Um, because it's just my new normal. Whatever you start to do over a period of time becomes the way you roll, becomes your new normal. That's the good news. The bad news is it takes time to get there. Most people say 90 days it takes to, for a new discipline to become a regular habit. Um, so let's say you do that and you begin to gut out the 90 days. That's awesome. Here's the next thing you're going to bump into that you have to push through. And this is part of the principle of the harvest. That you will, emphasis on the future, you will harvest what you plant, the results are delayed. Meaning you will eventually harvest what you plant, but there's a time gap. And in that time gap, it can be really hard. And that's why Paul says, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. What he's saying is, look, God has baked this principle into the world. So don't, don't be deceived by the time gap, because when you plant a, what do we say, rutabaga? When you plant a rutabaga seed... You're not going to eat a rutabaga in five minutes, right? It takes a long time for anything to begin to grow and certainly for the fruit or whatever vegetable it is that grows up, right? There's time between when you plant that and then when you see something begin to come up, which means bad habits take a while for the results to show up. Good habits take a while for the results to show. And in that gap, you can eat, we can easily fool ourselves into thinking it doesn't matter, I'm getting away with the bad habits. It's my, I'm fine. My marriage is fine. My career is fine. My life with God is fine. And or with bad ha- or with good habits, it's like, well, it's not worth it. It's not, not not working because of that that time gap. I mean, think about that negatively. It's just really easy to think, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing fine. I mean, I know I could do better, and these are really bad habits, and I shouldn't be looking at that, or I shouldn't be eating that, or I shouldn't be going there, or whatever, or, and, I, and I should, you know, probably listen when my wife talks and have that as a habit and not just act like it, um, or whatever it is, and over time, right, nothing, nothing much happens, you're right, or same way with diet, since we picked on that, I mean, let's say there's a person, we'll name him, his name is Dude, and that'd be awesome to have a friend named Dude, and, uh, and let's say your friend named Dude um, uh, is all of a sudden he realizes, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, you know, starting a new year and I'm 50 pounds overweight. How did that happen? And, uh, you know, well, how did that happen? Well, dude didn't become 50 pounds overweight because yesterday he was perfectly healthy, body weight, normal. And then on the way to church, he ate a 50 pound breakfast burrito. And now all of a sudden he's like, ah, how did that happen? I shouldn't eat that 50 pound burrito. That's stupid. Now I got to get right. That doesn't work that right? It's it's lots of of, you know, 
exercise and eating habits over a period of time. And then you think, so how do you unravel that? Well, it's going to going to take time to unravel that, right? Replacing good habits with uh, we're putting good habits where there were bad habits. But when you start doing good habits and you start putting these things in your life, spiritual things, physical things, relational things, whatever, it's also hard, right? Because the law of the harvest, it, it will return, but there's this time gap and you can get discouraged in that time gap when you're not seeing results right away, which is why Paul says, we read it earlier, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. It will pay off. Even if you're not seeing the payoff right now, and Paul is just saying, so just keep doing it. You will see the payoff. I know right now it's difficult. Right now you're not seeing it. Like it's, uh, I always have this fight with myself internally when I'm at the gym on the treadmill. Because I, I, that's the way I do my cardio, and I hate the treadmill. And I'm on there, and it's so discouraging. And what's discouraging about the treadmill to me is that little calorie counter that tells you how many calories you're burning. Because it's so slow. Like if there was a little way I could turn a knob and make it go faster, I would. And, um, and because I know how now all these restaurants by law have to put their calorie, how much things are on their menu. It takes all the fun out of restaurants now for me because I, I, because of that dumb calorie counter on the thing. Because like at Cheesecake Factory, the cheesecake I like, my memory says it is, is 1400 calories, which is crazy. Okay. You know how long you'd have to be on a treadmill to burn 1,400 I mean, I'd be retired by then. I'm not going to retire for a long time. And uh, some of you are getting excited, but I'm not. And, um, but, you know, really, I mean, it's just, and so, so I'm on the treadmill, right? And I'm 10 minutes, and it says, like, you know, 55 calories burn. Well, that's nothing. I mean, I've said this before. You know how much 55 calories is? If you look at a donut, that's 55 calories. You haven't even eaten it yet. It's just your body goes, yep, there it is. And, uh, <clears throat> It's nothing. And so, so I have this thing in my head where, you know, you know, there's a good part of me that, oh man, we're, you know, let's keep going. Bad part of me, right? It's like, you know, it doesn't matter. 50 calories is nothing. Yeah, I mean, you've already, you know, you've already done 10 minutes. Most people do zero minutes. And uh, so just, let's just leave early. It won't make a difference right now. Let's just, you know, give up at 12 minutes or whatever. That, I have that battle every time. And you know what? One time, it wouldn't matter. But if that becomes my pattern over time, yeah, it matters a lot, right? That's, that's the way habits work. And that's why Paul says, man, don't grow weary in well-doing. Just keep at it because you'll get there. It's just little steps, little by little. Proverbs 13 says, whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Another place Solomon said, who was a rich guy uh, who wrote much of Proverbs, said, hey, foolish people try to get rich with get-rich-quick schemes. You know, I... You know, just I'm going to get rich because I just bought a lottery ticket or whatever, right? You just think one big leap. That's probably not going to work out. He said wise people get rich a little bit at a time, meaning just disciplines of managing resources over a long period of time. Um, I remember when I was in my 20s and we, I met with a financial planner for the first time. We were making hardly any money. But I remember him saying, if you just if you'll just set aside like twenty five dollars a month, you know, over this amount of time and then grow it a little bit and then grow it a little bit, grow it a little bit, what you're able to contribute as your income goes up. You know, here's when you're ready to retire. You'll make Warren Gates feel bad for being so poor. You know, whatever. Uh, what did I just say? Warren, did I say Warren Gates? Okay. I, I've, I've uh, done too many sermons this weekend. So Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, okay? Is that, somehow we amalgamated them into dude. Um, all right. 
Um, there's some bad habit somewhere that got me to that place, but, but right, just the power of little investments over a long period of time is a powerful thing is, you know, compounding interest, compounding returns, all that. And that's what Solomon is saying. And it just gets us to, you know, the reality of this talk. We become what we repeatedly do. It's the power of habits, the power of small steps. If you think of people in your life that you know that are just rocking it in some area of life, their career or their knowledge, you're like, wow, they just, they know so much. Or their marriage or their dating life or their family life or their spiritual life. The reason they're rocking it isn't because they're so awesome. The reason they're rocking it is because of what they've repeatedly done over time. And so let's just learn from that. And again, I want to make this super practical. So we've already started thinking about a habit that we can either start or strengthen if you've already started it. And, and here's just, I'm just going to walk us through a little exercise and we're going to take this to God. Um, like set a goal. Think, you know, in this area of my life, uh, and, and again, don't try to do 20. Let's do one. But maybe it's in your relationship with God. I want to know God better. If it's in different, I want, I want to make more of a difference in this world. I want my marriage to be better. I want my relationship with my kids to be better. I want my dating life to be more solid. I want my spiritual life. I want to know God better. Whatever it is, set a goal. And then choose a habit, one thing that would say, you know what, if I did that over time, I know that would make a difference. So get that in mind, something you want to start or strengthen. Gut it out for 90 days because you're going to have to. It takes discipline. It's not natural. Share it with someone else who can encourage you, hold you accountable. How's it going? And then when you fall off, get back on track. And I know it says when because, again, if you're like me, it's when. Some of you, you're going to do great. But... If you're my personality, it, you're probably going to fall off the wagon. And when that happens, don't be shocked. Don't say, well, I just can't do it. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not for me. No, just get back on. And now you, your 90-day clock starts again. So just get back on the 90-day train until it becomes a habit, until it becomes a routine, until it becomes, hey, this is just the way I roll. This is my new normal. Now, you put it like that, and doesn't it, doesn't it look easy? That's all you got to do, right? Aren't you glad you came to church? I mean, that's all you got to do right there. And, uh, and I know it's not that easy because inserting good habits means getting, getting rid of bad habits. And getting rid of bad habits is not easy, right? Because sowing to the flesh, as Paul called it, that's, that's just who we are. It's ingrained. That's easy. So I'm going to leave us. We're going to go to God with our habit. But I'm going to leave us with two encouragements. That you are not a slave to bad habits. And you're not on your own. And we're going to go to God with these two things, because here's the thing. If you feel like you're a victim or you're a slave to bad habits, you're never, you're never going to win in this deal. If you, think, you know, if you think, you know, I've tried to eat better, I just can't. I've tried to be in a small group and all that, do that stuff, but I'm just an introvert. I, I, I just can't. I can't, yeah, I don't, I can't do that. Or, yeah, I, I've tried to spend time with God, and, and uh and I do, and then I, I don't know what to do, and I get bored, and I, I you know, I, I just, I don't know, the Bible's so confusing, I don't even know what to do, and I, I, I'm just not a spiritual person, I just not, I can't do that, or, when you, when you tell yourself all that, you're never gonna, you're never gonna get beyond that, but here's the wonderful news, if you are, if you begin a relationship with Jesus, that's a great reason, one, another great reason to begin a relationship with Jesus, if you're not a Jesus follower yet, and if you are a Jesus follower, here's what's true of you. But when you begin a relationship with Jesus, one of the things that he does is he breaks the power of sin and death in our life. And, and what that means is 
is not just about heaven and hell. It means now that you are no longer a slave to bad habits. You're no longer a slave to your flesh. You're no longer a slave to your sin nature. You're no longer a slave to your past. You're no longer a slave to fear. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to any of that. The Bible says you are now, he frees you from that. Those chains are broken. And and the Bible says we are no longer slaves. We are now children of God. And not just children of God. The Bible says that we're conquerors in Christ. And not just conquerors. It says we are more than conquerors. I mean, think about what a conqueror is. Pretty cool. You're way more than that. Multiply it times 100. That's who you are in Christ. Which means when you begin to tell yourself, I can't do it, I'm too weak, I'm too this, I'm too that, I, I, this just, I, I can't break that one, I can't eat that way, I can't do that, I can't. You're just lying to yourself if you, are, if you have a relationship with Jesus. And so what do you do with a lie? You tell yourself the truth and say, hey, God, remind me of what's true about me. I'm not defeated. I, I'm not a loser. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trapped. I'm not... Just, you know, this is the way I'm in this bad habit. I'll never get out. None of that's true. The truth is I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And so God, help me know that so that you can help me conquer this. And that brings me to the other reality is you're not on your own. As we saw in the first week, Philippians, you know, and if you didn't see the first week of the series, go back and watch it because it's introductory one. So that's always important. Um, but there it's like, Hey, we have a role to play, but God is, he's ready to energize every good thing we do. And the Bible says he, he is there to energize us to will and to work, meaning to want to do it and to do it. So when we don't have the want to God, I need you to energize me because I don't want to, I just want to do what my flesh wants to do. I need you. And he will, we can trust him for that. And, and to say, and help me pull it off. We're not on our own. I mean, God really, really does want this to work for us because the truth is you and I are what we repeatedly do. It's not just about big, huge steps. Those are good. Those are great and important, dramatic, always fun. But it's really even more about the little habits and little decisions. So let's get our habit in mind. You you got one? I'll I'll tell you mine real quick. And it's not about chicken wings. Uh, Mine is just is about my relationship with God. And that is going back to. Uh, a paper Bible and a paper journal. Because for years I had that as a regular pattern, just the way I rolled. I would wake up and, and spend time in a paper Bible, read a chapter out of the Bible, journal just what I sense God saying to me and turn that into a prayer. I'd write it on. And then a number of years ago I went electronic and I started using my Bible app on my phone, which are great. Christy uses that all the time. I use that all the time. I mean, they're, it's, they're great and that's the way she does her time with God. I'm all for it. But for me... Because of my ADD-ness, it was just too easy to get distracted with that. And so I'd be on my phone, on the phone app, and then a text would come through. I'd be like, huh, you know, and then do that. Or, or then I would, a little notification would come up from Bleacher Report, which is college recruiting. I'd be like, ooh, who we got now? Or, uh, or you know, i think about, I, I just start to wonder, I wonder what the snow conditions are in Vail today. I'm not going to be in Vail for months, but still, it'd be cold, right? And I, and I'm, and I leave God in the dust in about four minutes. And... Uh, and it just wasn't working. And so now it's just a new pattern, like old school for me, just going back to paper Bible and paper journal. And you know what? It's not easy um, because it's, it's, I've let it go out of my life as a habit, as a pattern. So now I'm in that 90 days thing of gutting it out until it becomes it's just what I do. So with yours in mind, you can cheat off my paper if you want. Choose that one. But you choose one. And let's go to God in prayer because he can help us pull this off. Let's pray.
Father, thank you that we are not a slave to bad habits. Or we don't have to be if we begin a relationship with you. And that you will more than help us. And so, Father, we, we just ask for your help. And, and I encourage you, just to, prayer is just talking to God, you know, in your own words. So just, right now, just say, God, here's, here's, what I, here's the habit I want to start or strengthen. And just in your heart, just say, God, this is it. And then ask for his help. Let me encourage you to share it with somebody else as well later. But, and on behalf of all of us, let me pray this. Father, thank you that you want to help us instill good habits in our life, to be disciplined like an athlete, like Paul says. And, uh, and so just help us. I, I know we're going to mess up and it's going to be imperfect. And I thank you for your patience in that. And so, but just help us just start and strengthen these good habits that over time we'll see the fruit. And Father, when we get discouraged, just encourage us that we will see the fruit eventually if we don't give up. Help us to keep going. In Jesus' name, amen.